podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening. It's me, Chris Prack. It's him, Kev O'Sullivan. And it's not the midweek fix, despite what the title says. We're doing a new show, Kev, aren't we? We're doing great games. So, we're filling time during the summer when there's no football. Like we that. are, but it's the summer. And quite frankly, we, we want to sort of talk about things. Now, listen, last time I did one of these shows, or something similar, I upset everyone because I started doing European Cup finals with Lost, and people are very upset because it. It upsets them. So what we're going to do is um, each week, well, actually this week, Kevin and I have picked two games which were classed as great games. That could be great games in terms of the physical game, as in like you could be one of these mad 5-4s, 9-mills, all those sort of things. Or it could be a great game in terms of what it meant or what it led to. So we picked two games. So we're going to do Man City versus Liverpool from the 15-16 season. Klopp's first half season, mainly for Liverpool. And then we'll do Chelsea 05, because quite frankly, it's great fun and I love talking about it. Then, well, I think, Kev, what's that? In the last 10 minutes, we'll let you guys throw some suggestions in and then Kevin, I'll do some research and then, you know, we'll pick some pick from pick from ones you give us. So, but listen, while everyone's waiting, because, you know, West Ham have won the Europa Conference League, so they'll be playing Europa League football next year. First trophy in, is it over 40 years, Kev? It's a while, isn't it? Nearly close, pushing 50, nearly 50. Nearly 50, so, you know, um, not the greatest final. Um, unfortunately, some, that, like all clubs, there are morons there. But, you know, for the majority of West Ham fans who were there, I'm sure they'll enjoy themselves. But it's been a bit of an interesting day, Kev. So you've got, you've got the announcement, obviously, West Ham for the European competition. Looks like Bellingham to Real Madrid's done. We all knew that. And Messi looks like he's signing for Inter, Inter Miami. Which yeah, is, look, uh, in all fairness, nobody saw that one coming. Nobody, no. you know, you, you we all sit, thought we he was gonna the Saudi money. We all thought he was gonna follow the Saudi money like everybody else is doing, which you know, yeah, yeah. Look, Definitely. I mean, the thing is, but the Bellingham move is huge, <laughs> depending on the figures that you're listening to, is between 100 and 150 million euro with uh, a wage package that I think his Four. gross his gross weekly wage is 400,000 euro per week. Before stoppages. Now, look, at the end of the day, good luck to the kid. 19 years of age, phenomenal player, phenomenal talent. Uh, Madrid are taking a huge gamble on on this to um, to work out. I hope it works out for him. You know, I mean, once Madrid came in, and I think the what I, I read today, that the, the contract was agreed in April. So that's right around the time when we announced that we that we walked away. It's so, almost like, it's almost like I I actually don't because that's apart from the wages, the actual transfer fee, I don't think actually was unrealistic for Liverpool. I just think he went, I'd rather play Madrid lads. And Liverpool for yeah. well, at least for Liverpool, it's frustrating because we obviously we sort of pissed around for two years trying to get someone like him. And listen, that's what Curtis says, we definitely tried to get him. But at least unlike the shoe, anything last year is we didn't we haven't left it so late and gone, oh fuck, I've got no one else. So yeah. at least we've all got that. Speaking of someone else though, looks like a Mr. McAllister might be signing soon. He's not signed yet though. Uh but I've I've seen someone mentioned on Twitter, and you may think this might be 
the marketing way of doing it. As you said, Kev, tonight's not the night to announce it when you've got Messi signing somewhere, the Bellingham news, and a European final. Don't want it to be you kind of don't want that to be overshadowed. But sort of I can't remember the person who put it on Twitter that said maybe McAllister will get announced tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning. Because then we'll have uh, AM10 signed at 10 a.m. And I sort of think for the marketing thing, they just love stuff like that. That's quite a clever way of doing it. And also be a bit of fun. Quite nice getting early, get your morning off to a good start. Yeah, it w- it wouldn't surprise me. The thing is, he's gonna be he, he was spot he was supposed to be in the axle last night, ten o'clock. So and the yeah. medicals done it. There was a report coming out of Argentina from an Argentinian journalist that it was a logistical uh, issue to uh, mm. why it's not being announced tonight. Everything's all done. It's all signed. It's all agreed. Me- medicals passed. It's just a case of getting it announced tomorrow because he's got to meet up. Argentina, I think, play on Monday in China, so or in that region of the world. So he's not. It's going to be a case. The, the club will want to do a slick media package as well, so they'll yeah. they'll want to do, get all of that sorted out before he heads out. So yeah, look, I've no problem. I think it's going to get announced. I, I was waiting all day hoping it was going to get done, but look, I'm pretty certain it's going to get announced in the morning. And the other side of it, it like the time when we signed Diogo Jota, we got one in the door. They're like buses. You never know. Yeah, we know are- we got to sign. More than yeah. one, so what Tia- if tomorrow Tia- they announce two? Uh, yeah, Tiago and Joshua were literally a couple of days after each other, weren't they? Exactly. You know? So, I mean, listen, if you're to believe the rumors, you see, uh, Toram seems to be the most likely more yeah. than Coney at the moment. So, listen, if you get two midfielders in early, that'd be great. I mean, god, to sign the midfielders, it's a, it's a luxury, isn't it? yeah. We've already signed look- one, we've already signed one. The, be- <laughs> the beauty of, of the last 12 months is the fact that we've learned. From the Chuameni saga, that you have to have backups for your backups for your backups going into a transfer window, and yeah. the fact that if the fee is to be believed, the fact that I was listening to the lads last night and Shawnee was right in what he said, he was comfortable with the idea of paying seventy million for for him. It would have been like, ooh, you know, seventy million is a chunk of change, but he's that good that you'd do it. 35 million plus add-ons. My God, what a deal. What a parting gift from Julian Ward because he's been on this since February. It's a huge deal for the club. He's probably is going to be the best player that we sign in this window, but I don't think he'll be the most expensive as the lads were saying last night. Magnificent signing. Yeah. It's amazing though. That's that's definitely our sweet spot, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We've seen to sign a lot of players between the third, like mid-30s to mid-40s. I think the bulk that we've signed at that sort of price range tend to be some of our biggest hits really don't you think you know Diaz Jota Canati was 35 million Salah was around that um Sadio was in around there I think Sadio came in around that I think uh Bobby was about 29 29 for Bobby yeah, yeah. so we do quite well that's also that seems yeah. to be the new sweet spot but for look, us. it's great I, anyway let's start one thing so, I'll say before we get into these games make sure you smash the like button first and foremost Make sure you hit the bell icon because I got a feeling that if uh, this gets announced in the morning, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if uh, Gav decides to just come on and do a sh- do a show uh, as be, it's announced he, or when it's announced or whatever. He's gonna be wouldn't few, be a bit. He, he, he's gonna be few. He's got no. Pl- if he hadn't planned that, he'd be like, "Oh fuck's sake." No, but I would. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't be surprised if he bangs bangs in a, a, a quick a quick half an hour or something or an hour. You never know. So just make sure you hit the bell icon as well, so that if it does go live. You'll know straight away. Yeah, Ashley Elright right, says Diaz and Gakpo are both 37 million. That seems 
It's yeah. definitely the sweet spot. So we're going to we'll go back to the 21st November 2015. Uh, Liverpool at the Etihad. Jurgen Klopp is fresh for the job. This is his eighth game in charge. In his previous games, uh, he's won one in the league, drawn two in the league, and lost to Crystal Palace, which was when we first got the Jurgen Klopp swear. And he said, I'd be fine. I could remember this fucking Crystal Palace loss. That was the first I remember. <laughs> uh, in Europa League, we. Drew with Ruben Kazan. I remember being in. I remember being on this on the broad stag do for that. It was a fucking dire game that as well. And we beat Ruben Kazan away with a Jordan Ive goal. And then we beat um, both the League Cup. That was actually his first first win. So you've gone into this game. They had one league win under Klopp, which was away at Chelsea, which felt like a big win. But go through the lineup: Mignolet in goal, uh, Nathaniel Klein, Lovren, Skirtle, and Moreno at the back. And then midfield yard: Chan and Lucas. And then you had a four of Milner, Lalana, Coutinho, Bobby. So this is we were kind of going into that four-two-three-one. But I remember at the time, Kev, this is when we were just getting used to Bobby being up front because I remember a lot of my friends at the time were, were like, "We haven't played. We're not playing a four. We're just playing, you know, four, four, like four lads like the rest of the midfielders. You know, we haven't got a striker." But I think this is the game where you sort of seen the beauty of having a Bobby Firmino up front because the interplay in some of this game is ridiculous. The only thing that this, this front three doesn't have is pace, which is what we evolved <laughs> to later on. But yeah, do you, you ever watch this game? And I think I was watching this game at home. Yeah, I'd have been the same. I'd have been watching it at home. Uh, look, you go back to when we brought Klopp in. It was uh, Klopp or Ancelotti. So at the end of the day, it was uh, you're picking from the t- the tip top of whatever tree you were looking to get. And I remember I was working with my brother-in-law at the time and is massive Liverpool fan as well. And I remember saying to him when we the first murmurings were cut were about that we might get Klopp. I said, nah. Look, look at where we are. Look at Klopp. Klopp is an elite manager. You know, look at what look at the state that Liverpool are in. There's no way in hell we can attract this guy. And then suddenly a tap on the knee later, Brendan is sacked, and uh oh, in comes the first Jamie Cadigan look. <laughs> in, in comes your in comes Jurgen Klopp, and it's like doubters to believers. And from that pref, press conference on, I was all in. It was uh, I just wanted to see how this was, this side was going to evolve and what he was going to do because it was almost perfect way for him to come in in a way because the, our expectations were so low. My expectations mm. were so low, and you could tell when you read out that starting lineup of the amount of work that needed to be done with that yeah. side to get it into some way, shape or form of being a competitive side. But this game was the first game. It was the first game after, I think, an, after an international break. Yeah. And you're away at the Etihad. And City weren't in great shape, in great shape at the time either. But at no, the they, same time... I think they finished fourth. They finished fourth. Yeah. This, this is the Leicester won the league, wasn't it? This is the, uh, the yeah. miracle season. Exactly, and no, none of the nobody was in any great shapes. And you listen to their lineup at the time: it was Joe Hart and Goal, you had Bakary Sanya, Martin Demichelis, Mangala, Kolarov. I mean, that centre back pairing is just a disaster. Yeah, but you go into midfield, and you had Yaya Toure, you had Fernando, uh, Jesus Navas, Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, Sergio Aguero, and who, who's that? Reha of Fernando Rejas. Oh, for, yeah. Um, oh, he's the Brazilian defensive midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like 
Going forward, from midfield and going forward, they were a really good side. You had a young Kevin De Bruyne that came in. Jesus Navas, look, Jesus Navas is still doing it at Seville. You know what I mean? But at this, at this, at the, this is, this at the Navas, back. This one, Navas was a winger, though, not yeah. a converted fullback. This one, you know, exactly. Fine, yeah, but at, at the back, you always felt that that centre back pairing could be got it because Demichelis was past his prime. And look, he was as slow as a wet week at the best of times. And I think Company was injured, we well, saw, which, is probably, which is probably a big blow for them. Yeah, well, we saw Bobby in that false nine role really for the first time in this game. Mm-hmm. It was, um, and the game started off with it started off with no goal. It was but, um, a cross that came in and it went Bobby, in off Mangala. Didn't have yeah, a clue the, what happened to it. Yeah, it was a Bobby cross. Yeah, uh, it was a Bobby cutback, and he's he's just trying to get his foot to his clear. And he's just it's a great side foot finish, and you're thinking, what the hell? Good start, and then. Like an ever ever pessimist because of how we were so poor, you're thinking it's better in that. I don't know when it's seven minutes in. Fucking hell. Gonna have to... And to be fair to that, that's it sad. On the break, they were you know they were rapid. Uh but it was kind of we start seeing this upside. Oh, I think we saw it more in Europa League is on its day it could it could do things. Um listen, Lovren and Skirtle, you know, are both highly error prone. Very, you know, very much, you know, figment of fun for some people. Uh, but we were shy. But those that that day they were brilliant. Headed everything, yeah. blocked everything, and at the, at the peak of their powers. I mean, look, Deja stayed on to end up winning the European Cup with Liverpool, but that's when he had a proper centre back next to him in a, in a, um, a Virgil Van Dijk. So you saw errors of that. You know, Nathaniel Klein, he was a solid fullback. I think we all thought he was the next version of Steve Finn, and he just never quite. He never clicked onto Stephen in levels, no. but he was he was solid enough. Emery Chan, I think, flat to deceive. But, At Liverpool, he did. He's yeah. gone on to. He's actually played his best football for uh, Dortmund this season, where he's played uh, either as he's dropped back in as a third centre back in a three, but floats into midfield. Hmm. So he floats between the two positions. He's actually really good this season. But he's like, as he's matured and got older, he's got better. But in this game, for the thir- I think it was for the third goal. Oh, we'll come to that. Yeah, he's yeah. Really it was. It was uh, when I watched the highlights back of this game. Bobby could have scored four or five. Oh, he was. He, he, he was, was majestic. It was everything but the goal. But the interplay was. Yeah. I mean, the second goal is what you dream of with Bobby, which is yeah. Dimitrios tries to bring the ball out. Bobby nicks it off him. Edge of the edge of the area. Coutinho nicks it up. Oh no, that was for the first. Coutinho nicked yeah. it off. And it's, it be- it's a beautiful ball by Bobby. Just tapping for, for Coutinho. Who and to first Coutinho, he loved the goal against City. That was his. Yeah, that's one of the clubs he actually quite. But this way you start going. Oh no, this is what we're looking at. This is interesting. And then you Lallana, started seeing the high press. But for me, you started seeing the high press. But you started seeing it with a really aggressive midfield three, and mm-hmm. it was led by. I think Milner played in the six. And you had Lilana and Emre Chan as two eights that were really just. Well, no, it was it was, uh, it was Lucas. It was Lucas. It was Lucas, Chan, yeah, Lucas, Lucas Chan as a, two, as a two, and then Lilana. Weirdly, Lilana used to play wing, but he played yeah, wing. But he so cut inside, high. didn't he? He was yeah. yeah, he was so narrow as well, and he was so aggressive in the in this game. He he um, he led the counter press really well, and so so up so 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 Lilana, he was offside only just. Every time you could, I remember you could see you could see the videos. He's he's saying to the likes of, you know, Milner and Klein and everyone, just do it quicker. I mean, mm. do it quicker because it worked out. David Chelsea was a a good centre back. 
you know, he had a good career, but he's at the end of his career, and he, yeah, it's like, like watching a QE2 turn. In front of him, he was fine. Anything to the sides of him, he was knackered. And Manglau was just a, it was just a disaster of a disaster. This was in the period where uh, Chelsea were just buying defenders. They yeah. were just buying defenders for fun. You know, there was yeah. no plan, no thought in it. It was um, they were it's almost a... there at being a good side. It was, I think, the year before Pep came in. Yeah, it was. Yeah, this was so, last year. Yeah, but Texi Bergstein was in a City that year. Mm. And he'd started buying for Guardiola that season. Guardiola was already telling him, you know, who to bring in for the January yeah. window and who to shift out. So the planning was already underway for what Pep was going to take on. And but in that game with, with us, you could see the the international break that happened before the game almost reset everything. And we came back more aggressive with a plan and, and tried to form an identity out of that game. And it evolved throughout the season. But the Chelsea win, the setback against Palace, to go to the Etihad and win that convincingly, because that game could have finished 6-7-8-3, and mm. you wouldn't have argued about it. We were that dominant with a side that had no right to be. And you just saw in Firmino, type of player that we thought we were getting from Hoffenheim. He was majestic. He was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Thor said there, Firmino flicking the ball over defenders three or four times in a move. He was ripping the piss and he was having fun. And yeah. and the third goal... Like someone said to him, football is fun. You know, go yeah. and enjoy yourself. And him and Coutinho just had a right laugh. Yeah, and in early, early interviews, Klopp name-checks Firmino a couple times saying he's the one he was most excited to work with because he'd seen him in Germany. He said... He could believe yeah. Liverpool had gone him. And he's like, oh, I, Neither I could can I. Use. And he's like, I can use him. But remember, before Klopp came in, he's been used as a wing back, um, a bit of a centre mid. We did sometimes out wide. We didn't use him through the middle. He used him yeah. everywhere but the position he wants to. I mean, that was kind of the frustration with Brendan Rodgers. I mean, we had that with Nuri Shahin, where we were trying to play him as a 10, and he's never been a 10. He's always been a, a deep line midfielder. He's one of those yeah. players. Third goal, though. Um, Coutinho wins the ball back, gives it to Chan. Chan does a really lovely back heel oh, back to, to Coutinho and just a simple pass to Bobby and to nice tap in. And it's Bobby's first goal. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we have to wait until November for him to get his first goal. And he just went up another level then after that. Um, but listen, we all saw the frails of Liverpool just before half time, 3 0 up, see it out. Uh, Klein and Lucas get a bit of a mix up. Aguero, he doesn't, I don't remember Aguero doing many of these, but outside of absolutely. Bangs it! It's yeah. a great, it's Mignolet, a great Mignolet goal. Mignolet had no chance. Mignolet yeah. had absolutely no chance. And uh, it was it was Aguero at his best in that goal because he just knocked it out of his right foot and just whipped it. You know, it it was a lovely goal. It was a brilliant hit, and there was nothing the keeper could do about it. But you're going in three one a half time thinking could we knew the... how frail we could be, and we knew how you know, dangerous they could be. Uh, yeah, we were half, scarred. We were yeah. seriously scarred as well. You know what I mean? We were scarred from the Brendan Rodgers time from... And the start the Klopp had wasn't exactly setting the world on fire. We could see the progress and we could see what he was trying to achieve. But we thought, he doesn't have the players to do this. No. So it's a work in progress type thing. Well, so think, it took, think, we needed bottle. Yeah, I think Klopp admitted, didn't he? He said, uh, the reason he was so attacking early on is he goes... He supposed to say, I had so many attacking options. What else could I do? He's, 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 I think it was a polite way of saying, 
Well, they were, I, I had absolute bobbins at the back, so there's no point yeah. trying to set up to be solid at the back. I may as well just go for, for five nil, five fours, five fours, and then I'll fix this in the summer because he was never going to be able to fix that um, before then. Uh, right, before we go to the second half, uh, please don't forget we're sponsored by bookmakers.com. Uh, details in the description below. There are bookies. They'll help you find the best odds. Uh, if you do use it, please gamble responsibly. If you don't, that's not a problem. Gambling's not for you. But check it out. Good, good stuff on stats. And there's also, they have their own YouTube channel, which Gav does appear on to talk a bit of the footy chat. So, second half, it was a bit hair and scared, let's be honest. Um, James Milner, who'd been brilliant all game, does one of the most ridiculously stupid back passes you've ever seen in your life. And... Yeah. It falls to Aguero and you're thinking 3-2. And to be fair to Mignolet, it's a top, top save to keep it out. Yeah. But Mignolet had that in him. He, he could pull off these re- ridiculously good saves. He just then had the big clangor in him at some point, which this is one of those games that didn't happen. But so, that, that save is one of those saves from a keep where he just gets the ball in midair. Yeah. And he just he, he keeps it, he holds it, and he starts off another attack really quickly. The, the, be- the best view exactly is... what you want. The best view is you see behind his hand Milner's head in it. So he's in the right position to head it. So he looks so relieved, Bill, because he's thinking, like, I yeah. got away with that one. But there then, was another one later on in that half when he made a save and Lovren was behind him. Yeah. You know, but as uh, Laszlo says there back then, Yaya Torre was a player. Yaya uh, Torre was... is, overlooked, is often overlooked when you're talking about Premier League centre midfielders. You know, you, you get the Cantes, the Vieiras, the Roy Keens, Steven Gerrard, and all of those players. Yaya Torres, because he came to the league a bit late and he didn't really stay, he wasn't in the league as long. Yaya Torre was a ridiculous player. Yeah. He was an absolute ridiculous player. And the thing is, Colo was good. You know, Yaya was fast. Yeah, different levels. Different well, levels. And that City like. side then had a proper serious, uh, serious side going forward. A young Kevin De Bruyne looking to prove himself. Raheem Sterling after his move. Sergio mm-hmm. Aguero was probably one of the best number nines in the world at the time. You know, and they were they were still a serious threat. And here we are, 3-1 up, keeping them out. And mm-hmm. you go up, I think it was about 10 minutes to go, something like that. Yes, I mean, sub-wise, just give you an idea of what we, we had to deal with. On 68 minutes, Jordan Ibe comes on. He fancied Jordan Ibe that year. He he seemed to use Jordan Ibe quite a lot. He thought, oh, maybe this is yeah, a player yeah. he's going to use going forward, young player to develop. Um, didn't happen for him. You know, he pretty much went yeah. that summer. Uh, and then Benteke came on for Bobby on 75. It's perfect for Benteke for once. He actually ran he actually ran around and actually caused a bit of hassle. He, and he, he wins the, the corner. Yeah, he wins the corner. Cross comes in and it bounces. And Skirl... Where he found this finish from, fuck knows, but it bounces on the half volley and he just absolutely smashed it in. One of sense forward would be proud of. I don't know where Skirtle found this finish from, but you can relax and you have 10 minutes to go, four one up, even this Liverpool side can't balls this up. <laughs> and it was just yeah, it, it was, it was a banging finish. But yeah. Skirtle had these in him from I think there was we were chatting there in the week about a season where he scored a good he was if you were doing fantasy football. Skirtle would be in your side because he scored about five or six goals from set pieces. In just, scored, I can't remember what year it was, but he scored some beautiful headers. I think 13, 14. 13, 14 like, might have been, I think yeah. he has about seven or eight goals, but he also has four or five own goals yeah, as well. No. So he, he, he kind of netted out at four goals. Like, <laughs> yeah. He yeah, just won a, but, it was that, it was that but yeah, he turned and he just literally he just twatted it. 
Yeah. You know, hard as he could, uh, Joe Hart in goal just didn't that. And the thing is, they lost 4-1 in the end, right? Joe Hart had a really good game. Oh, yeah. Joe he, Hart he, was really good on the night. He's the reason Bobby didn't get didn't get a hat-trick. Yeah, he was... Bobby Firmino that night showed, right, I am the number nine for Liverpool going forward. Work around me. And I, we saw what... No, we saw him that night to... We were there in his last night. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we just saw the whole thing from that game mm. right the way through to the end. But a majestic were, player. And he still hasn't decided where he's going. Nobody really knows what's happening with him. No. Know, I'm looking forward to seeing where he's where he goes next. But um, yeah. you know, it, it was just one of those games that I suppose Liverpool got the confidence in that game from the tactics that Klopp employed. So yeah, we can play this way and be successful doing it. We've just gone to the Etihad and won, and won convincingly, and should have won more. So yeah. it probably gave the, the rest of the squad the confidence, the, the buy-in to believe in what he was what he was selling, that it wasn't all turned out as to believe it. it wasn't slogans and everything like that. Klopp, Jurgen Klopp was the real deal. And that game signalled the rest of the league that Liverpool are a different challenge. and We're going to be a different side. We're going to be aggressive, in your face, horrible to play against. And the side evolved year on year on year until we won the fucking lot. Yeah, and, it was just the... You know, but it all started for me. It all started on that night. Because that's when you looked and went... I can sort of see how this is going to work, even with the. I mean, listen, we finished ninth that year, so let's not get excited. Eighth or ninth that year, we, no. But, yeah. but we got to a Europa League final, we got to a, a League Cup final, so you could sort of see where we were going. But I mean, this is also a side where Colatori came off of Lallana in the last couple of minutes, and our unused subs were Adam Bogdan, fuck me, uh, R- Randall. I forgot he even played. For Randall, us. yeah. Joe Allen wasn't used, and Daniel Sturridge wasn't used, and Origi wasn't in the squad. But you were looking at that. Well, there's, there's a lot of attacking options. We going like there's a lot of holes in this squad. But you could see where it worked. But you also saw the frailties, which was defensively we needed a few things. We needed a left back, but we needed something better in the middle. And we, you know, that's when Joel Matip came in that summer, and we needed pace because as good as that front three was interlinking, pace is king, and we had we had next to none apart from Sturridge, who was never fit. Origi was in and out, and that was it. So that's when. It led to like the Sadio Mane thing, but this was like early Klopp, and you sort of went, "Ah, oh, okay, this is a bit different. There's something we can build from in here." So, yeah, you know, and that's why I, that's why that one, why that's why we picked that game. You know, it, it was just crazy, and for me, it was the start of everything. Everything really rolled off the back of that performance, and everything evolved from the from then on to what we are today. You know, it was. They'd had their. It was. It was still. He was. He'd been there like a month. Yeah. In that month, you look at what he'd done. You know, to turn those games from where we were, we were dog shit. You know, we come into that season so flat to seeing signs of life. But you go back to the other game we want to talk about. Yeah, and you were. You know, we we'll flip this now because I'll ask you the questions. Every <laughs> um, game, whistle. Two thousand four five season. Um, third of um, May, we, two two days before my birthday. This was. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the final. Okay, this no, was the game to get to the final. This was the Chelsea second leg, Champions League semi final at Anfield, going into the game nil nil. And I'll set the scene because 
Chelsea won the Premier League this season, their first Premier League title with 95 points. Uh, a ridiculous game, side. And it was the game before this one. They beat Bolton, yeah. didn't they? And that, that won the game, I think. Yeah. It was an absolutely ridiculous side. In goal for Chelsea, you had Peter Cech, you had Jeremy at right-back, you had Ricardo Carvalho, John Terry, William Gallas, Claude McAuley and Thiago in midfield with Frank Lampard, Joe Cole, Ida Goodjonsson and Didier Drogba. And for Liverpool, you had Yerti Dudek, Steve Finnan, Sammy Hippia, uh, Jimmy Traore, John Arnarisa played left. Uh, see, on paper, this looks like a back five, but John Arnarisa played further forward. Four five. I think out out of possession it was four five one in yeah. possession. Uh, Garcia went to more of a ten, and Gerrard just pushed himself out wide. Yeah, you had Jamie Carragher played Steven Gerrard, Luis Garcia, Didi Hamann, Igor Bischan, and uh, Milan Barros on the bench for Liverpool that night. You had Scott Carson, Stephen Warnock, Harry Kuehl, Vladimir Schmitzer, Antonio Nunes, John Welsh, and Gibral Cisse. I said Gibral Cisse was probably like one game back from a. Snap, after snapping his leg and half. Yeah. And Smeetzer, to be honest, I think at the time he was on the bench. I'll be honest, I think he was on the bench for moral support because I don't actually think he was fit. Yeah. So we're nil-nil. We're going into this game. You arrived to the ground, what, hour, hour and a half before kickoff? Yeah. What so was it was like? Me, so it was me with me brother and me granddad who got the tickets. Uh, oh, this is how mad it was. Tickets are... We found the, we found a picture of one of the tickets. Only twenty eight pound. Yeah. Imagine that now for the game. Twenty eight pound to get. I think I think it was uh, the Kenny stand. Twenty eight pound for well, a ticket for a Champions League semi final. Yeah, I was in the main stand, so it might have been thirty quid. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not you know by today's standards, quite a low figure. It's really. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, you know, uh, you, were, you arrive at the ground. You arrive at the ground an hour, hour and a half before kickoff. <laughs> what Steve, was it, what was you... what was the atmosphere like when you got there? Uh, what was the atmosphere around the ground that day? Do you know, what? it was. You know, when you were on work that day, what was people? Because at the time, Chelsea were running away with the league. They were a ridiculous side. They'd spent a shit lo- a shit ton of money. Brought in Jose Mourinho. They were win- They were today's version of Manchester City, but running away with it. They were better. They were so more I, complete, I think. So in this the, version of Man City, anyway. Yeah, so my grandma drove us there. It was excitement. So I was twenty. I would. I was twenty-one at the time. So I, I, I just about met. I met this girl six months earlier. Who ended up becoming my wife. Um. So I was still at uni. So I was still studying. So I wasn't working midweek. Uh, so I literally drove home. Grandma picked me up, and we just set off. And it was. It was a real giddy excitement because we had been looking at the Juventus game. So it's like, but in my head, and you know, people find this blasphemy. The Champions League was Man United's thing. Man United got to quarterfinals, semifinals, won Champions because the Liverpool side I grew up with the United were dog shit, and we were lucky if we got past the fourth round of the UEFA Cup mm. before Julier came. So this was just like this is what my dad and granddad talked about. You know, European cups. This is an 80s, 70s thing. This is unreal. So. You were a little bit nervous. It was giddy excitement because you're just thinking, like, was going to make this just, you know, make the most of this, enjoy it. You know, I love games that are day night games, you know, because it's, yeah, so it's that spring, summer time where it's gloriously hot, it's a lovely sunny day. And then, you know, as the game gets on, it just goes dark. It's, it's great. But as much as everyone 
um, said, you know, it was a great atmosphere and all that. It wasn't a nice atmosphere. It, it was feral. It was, you know, aggressive. You know, it was like a nasty atmosphere because that was the, it was just a wall of kind noise. Of like Red Star Belgrade type. That's uh, what we were trying. That's, that, that's like, it was like everyone who went to the ground was just like, you're in the ground and we're making this horrible for them. Um, now, look, did it affect Chelsea players? You'd have to ask them. I think it affected Liverpool players because there are players there that went up levels that they had no rights to get to because ability-wise, they probably weren't there. So, you know, that's what you saw. Sort of, but yeah, so made it, a great point there, actually. Don't forget, Javi Alonso was unjustly suspended for this game. Yeah, oh, yeah. Javi Alonso was, was picked up a booking in the first game. So he Johnson, was missing. Could Johnson die? missing for this. Yeah. Yeah, could Johnson die, wasn't it? So, and listen, you know, Biscam is a bit of a cult hero because that year, whenever it was in Europe, Biscam was brilliant. And you wouldn't think you'd ever say that about Igor Biscam because <laughs> he's such an odd footballer. Like, wasn't particularly quick, not a bad passer, okay tackler, but he just two times were going these mad runs. You're going, like, I don't know what's going on here. But he's a manager it. now. Yeah. He's a manager. But, I think he was a manager for, um, was it not? Under twenty one side, is a national side, an under twenty one national side. His national side, isn't it? Is Bulgarian? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's uh yeah he's our under twenty one man. He's yeah. I, I just never saw him in that role, but he's very good. Yeah, but then I guess yeah. So if you spend a lot of time on the bench, you probably picked a lot of this up. <laughs> you know, there is that side of it. So I mean, look back four wise. I mean, when you saw the team, you kind of there's no one, none of this. Not they have today. Twitter, like this Twitter uproar. Fucking hell, look at that. You kind of looked where. But that is the team because on the bench no you Sweets was not fit. Kiel was playing with well, Kiel was playing, and it, it was known from about mid March, April that he needed groin surgery. And it yeah. was, I think they just said it was the gamble of it's gonna go. We just don't know when, and so you yeah. got to play and hope it works, you know. And CC, the fact he was on the bench a bit at, uh, at Stamford Bridge was all a bit of a the hell. We didn't think we'd see him because I mean, mm -hmm. don't YouTube it. But the leg break at Blackburn is the most horrific looking yeah. thing ever. I know near him, it's just studs caught around his and the poor fella's leg snapped. It's horrible. Yeah. So you're thinking it's all, for me, it's right up there with the Henrik Larson one. Yeah, the, it's not. It's, it's not just big. it's a horrible, a horrible injury. Um, but listen, the we're getting up closer to kickoff now. What's mm -hmm. it like in the ground? Because like the noise levels were through the roof. Well, I was in the old main stand. It was ground was. Shaking, rocking the old wooden seats. Um, I was on this big, massive bloke of He brought his huge flag, so you couldn't see the fucking pitch for ten minutes. What? So they put his flag down, and he was all game, going for it. And the whole atmosphere there, you could see, you know, like some Alan Hansen. You could see some of the old legends. I think Ian St. John was there. God rest his soul. And you sort of go, so you had all the old legends scattered around as well. It's just like it's just, you know, it just made him. It it was like being a kid on Christmas. Christmas Eve, God, I need to kick off now. I need to kick off, you know. And well, it was proper energy sapping this. Well, the game kicks off, and we get, you know, Liberal do you rapid. think that what happened? Because we get the, we get the early goal, all right? Yeah. And we always either way, Chelsea. We always did either way for me. Chelsea were screwed in this one because. Mm. People will argue, Chelsea fans will argue till the cows, cows go home that that ball didn't cross the line. It probably was the best thing that could have happened to Chelsea is that that goal was given. 
because there's an interview on lsdhistory.com with the referee. You said it's a check off if he hasn't got Exactly. He said that he, it was if the ball didn't go, if he looked across and his linesman didn't give it, he was sending check off. He was given a penalty. There was three minutes gone. Anfield was feral, as you said. And we'd been one nil up from the penalty against 10 men. Because Gerald probably would have Yeah. But also, I think Chelsea knew they had to ride out the first 20 minutes. I mean, listen, yeah. I think Mourinho made some typical Mourinho daft comments after the, the nil nil, say, you know, but which probably helped. To be honest, because you want yeah. to hate him even more, and that was just what you wanted. So Chelsea had to get through the first 20 minutes. Um, because that had been a pattern for Liverpool. Like Juventus, they blew Juventus away in the first 20 minutes, 2-0 up, and then sort of managed the game. That was generally the 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 Rafa tactic, which was try and get try and get something in the first 20, and then I can build the side to hold on. Because yeah. we we couldn't have maintained that the 20 minutes we started with for a whole game. We proved that all season we couldn't do that. So <laughs> So, um, so I remember. So I actually never saw the goal until the following, until the following day. So all I can remember was, we're, ball come, ball gets in. It's um, Barros Jared little flick over. You see Barros go through. You think, oh, Barros is in, and I, I see check clattering. So I'm shouting penalty, and you know that scene you just scream at the referee. Yeah, penalty, yeah, penalty, penalty, and then also all the book uh, walks around. We do that, and we seen. I thought he's running away. Are you? He's fucking giving it. It's a goal. At first, we thought he'd give it the penalty, and they went, "Yeah, give it a goal." Yeah, yeah. So, so I remember grabbing my brother, screaming in his face as you do, scouting. They forget me, granddad's in the middle of us. So I woke, I woke me, I mean, me yeah. granddad, who in his mid seventies, was like, "Get off me!" <laughs> and then, literally, this was like, you know, pre, you know, social media, and Twitter. For ten minutes, I was going, "Who scored?" Al Garcia. What's the goal like? I don't know. Because everyone's like, we're all screwing for a penalty. So for most of us, we're buzzing with one up, and no one, no one saw the goal. No one saw the goal. Not in the part of the main stand. We're, <laughs> we're, in, we're in the main stand. Back in the main stand, Morty and Annie Road end. So you can see the Chelsea fans more, uh, but quite high up. We were quite high up. So I never saw the goal. So the, the next day, miles right. over the line, though. So, but as you said, Kev, um, as you've seen for my 40th, uh, I've got photograph evidence of it there. I've got the uh, assigned Louis Garcia. Picture of him running off celebrating, so he clearly went in. Um, Definitely went in, hundred percent. So, but it, it was. Do you know what? That goal changed the face of football forever, mm. because that goal was one of the main factors in goal line technology coming into the game and being yeah. developed. Yeah, was because of that goal and because of the importance and the significance of that goal and the game that was in. It forced the authorities at UEFA and the. Around around Europe, around the world, to accept technology in football. Technology was already there in cricket, in tennis, in most factual line decisions. Football mm. was the holdout, and that decision, that goal, changed the face of football forever. Yeah. Um, now listen, if you watch the game back when you without any sound on, and you know the results, it's not actually a great game, especially the first. No, half. it's a horrible game. Fuck all happens the rest of the first half, mm. but it honestly, God, it felt like it felt like life and death. I know it sounds dramatic, but that's how it felt because you were just like this Liverpool side was thirty odd points behind the Chelsea side. We were finishing fifth. You know, this is the only chance we had of getting into Europe was getting to a European Cup final, which, to be honest, just sounded mad to say at the time because you looked at the side we had. 
But to be fair to them, in, it's fair to Liverpool. I think Garcia gives the ball away, and Joe Cole breaks through, and he dude comes out, and he chips it over. That was about it. There wasn't like any big chances. Liverpool didn't really create piss all after it either. You know, I think Van, I think uh, Havan tackles someone, it turns into a shot, but he doesn't mean it. Um, so look, half time, you know, we all we all sort of you know massive roar for it, and you go right, you know, reset now. You know, this is going to be a horrendous forty-five minutes, but it end up being a, a horrendous fifty-one minutes because of all the added time they added on. But you thought, right, what do we do now? Because I thought. Same again, but you, you look at their bench going, what are they going to bring on? Because people forget, Glenn Johnson played the first leg, and he played quite well. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't even get in the squad. You know, that's how deep Chelsea squad was. He couldn't even make it. That was saying, you know, Glenn Johnson was really highly thought of. You know, he just moved from West Ham. So you were looking at that side going, you know, I know he's a figure of fun now, but Kesman at the time when they signed him, he was, was top goal scorer in, in Eredivisie. Ian Robin was still on the bench as well. So you were looking going like, some scary for people to bring on. And look, Chelsea had yeah. done us in the league twice. Uh, they'd done us in the um, League Cup final, you know, the whole Mourinho shushing thing. So, you know, you knew this was going to be a, a tough tough second half. And But the weird thing was, we seemed to limit them to shots from from um, high-risk areas. You know what I mean? And like 35 yards out, free kick. You know, trying to take a shot. So, you know, this way, Drop probably wasn't as clinical as he what became. You know, Drop's taking a 35 yard free kick, going six foot over the bar. He's sort of going, oh, see this all day. The yeah, warning yeah. sign was the next time they got a free kick, Lampard took it. And to be fair to Dudek, uh, he hits from 35 yards. It's going bottom corner. It goes through a crowd of five, six players. And Dudek sees it late and tips it around. And that was kind of the warning sign of, okay, we need to sort of wake up here a little bit. Uh, but look, the back, the back four was immense. Jamie Carragher got his body for a hippie ahead of Everett. Jimmy Traore. Gerard was all over the pitch as well that day. He was, yeah. he was, um, he was getting his foot in. Uh, I think the thing for Gerard and Carragher, they knew, you know, mm. they were they were brought up, they were raised on Liverpool European nights and European legends and European Cup finals, so they knew what was at stake. They also knew what they were up against. Uh, was this around the same time that Gerard was being touted uh Chelsea? This, this wasn't quite muted. Chelsea. It, it was that summer that that's when he hands his transfer request in. So but there was that concern going so in. Was like, it, yeah, the well, Chelsea well, were still buying all random and Gerard is the best midfielder in the country at the time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean Gerard had to, had a tactically quite a difficult job to do because uh when we had the ball, I think uh Louis Garcia was told push up on Barros, you know, give him a number ten, give him something to work off. So Gerard has to then become the right right mid and cover like you know, the whole Lampard situation and a marauding William Gallas. Because let's be honest, we all love Louis Garcia, but you know, he wasn't the quickest at getting back at times when, no. you, when you needed him to. No, it was but the- then he also but then he also had to fill in midfield. You know, Reese, to be fair, actually did find on the left. Actually, I think that suited him being left in midfield because it yeah, it didn't, didn't have the defensive rel- responsibility and, and he was still he handy still there. do a job. Yeah. Listen, right back Stephen and you know he's in the Premier, he's probably one of the best right backs we've had. You know, defensively yeah. sound attack. Look, today he probably doesn't suit the style of football today, but look, left foot, right foot. No. In today, in today's really game, you look at he's very like a, a Seamus Coleman in mm. the, in that Premier League era. A good, solid, dependable right fullback who can yeah. get up and down when he needs to. You know, but he was defensively. 
he was defensively yeah. an eight out of ten. You know, he was love, as solid as his days long. I love that. You know, that, that back four was. You know, I, I enjoyed a lot. Even Jimmy Traore, he was just like erratic, but with his go-go gadget legs, he got some wonderful tackles in. He's just highly erratic, but he was very likable. And well, it it must have been that you know you're getting towards the end of the game. It's one nil. It's Chelsea, and they're that dominant in the league that you knew that it was coming. Yeah. And the did they thing, announce six minutes injury time? Yeah, I mean, just before that, you know, the best thing we did was we brought in Cissé for the last half mm. hour, which. Um, if I'm honest, um, the best thing there because Barros, look, he didn't get a kick because he was just one of those one of those um, games for him. But it just gives that bit of a spark, bit of pace. In, bit of pace. And you know what? It's probably one time Rafa didn't mind him being a bit erratic. You know, he had just just before the ninety mark. You know, a chance that went just wide. You know, he, he just ran. He just ran Carvalho ragged, gave him something to to do. something. last thing was Momo soaking the bench. No, he signed. He signed that summer. We didn't. We didn't have yeah. Momo at the time. This is pre-Momo times. Uh, how do you feel? Came from now. This one. It's a slight dawn moment. This because we all talk about Jeremy Julia in the Bayern Leverkusen game. Jeremy takes off Haman and brings on Smita, yeah. and we lose the game away. Well, seventy-two minutes. We take Haman off because he's goosed, and put Harry Kuehl on, which is a very attacking sub. It's not. That's not it's a shut up shop. DNA, was it? It's not a shut up shop. Sub is it? So you end up then having Biscan and Gerard as a central two. You know, Kuehl probably off Cisse and then Louis Garcia played defensive right mid. You know, so again, it was hard because it was lopsided. But yeah, yeah. So when, they, when they had six minutes, I think a lot was the phrase fuck off was quite hard. <laughs> and this felt, this fellow in front of me, he was loud, he was boisterous, he was telling Chelsea fans how rubbish they were all game. And at six minutes, we all went, where's he gone? He's in front of us. He just went down, sat like a child, head down like that, and he's went, I'm done. Can't go with this. <laughs> six minutes. He's just like, there's a few grown men. So six minutes went, that's me. I'm done. And just went, it was almost like, it's in the gods now. I can't look anymore. And that's how it felt. And I I was fairly behind the angle for that good Johnson shot. I see it on telly. It still says a shift in the family spine. Every time he hits that shot, I think, fuck, that's it. Every time you say it, it knocks me sick, and I know he misses. I've known yeah, for yeah. years he misses. Every time I see it, it knocks me sick. And Carragher all says, those like, moments of games, don't yeah. you? It's... And Carragher doesn't get his. Yeah, like he, I think he said he felt it graze his leg a little, but he said like he even said himself when he hit it, he's he's just like. I think Carragher said it's one of those moments because, well, if, if I move any further, it's going to hit me arm as a penalty. So it's in the lap of the gods now. It's either going wide or it's going in. I can't. I can't do much else body wise to stop this. Else, yeah. And it went wide. But you see, Carragher collapse. You're like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, he's thinking. Uh, and then just before that, we took. This is just before the six minutes. We took Garcia off because let's be honest, Garcia played defensive wide right. It's not going to work. I brought on Nunes, who yeah, lad who given as part of the, the Owen deal. He wasn't he wasn't the most fantastically gifted footballer, but lad he worked his bollocks off. And that's all you wanted yeah. for it was just literally will end up being 12 minutes. Just don't give them an easy time, make it difficult. But for all the madness of Chelsea, you know, they brought an Iron Robin, they brought on Kesman, you know, all big names at the time, all big money signings. For the last 15 minutes, they bring on Robert Hoof. We all remember from you know the Leicester days, you know, winning the league yeah, with Leicester. Yeah, yeah. For the last 10 minutes, Robert Hoof's playing centre forward for Chelsea. This is 95 point Chelsea. Chelsea battered everyone, lost only one game in the league. It went back to its Sunday league football of get it on the big centre centre back's head, and literally that's all it was. Which 
hindsight's a wonderful thing. For Carragher and Hippia, meat and drink, that's what they want. They're quite happy yeah. with that. You know, the worst thing they could have done was bring like another quick forward on to try and play around Sammy and Jamie, because I think that's what we would have struggled with. So it also played to our advantage a little bit. But yeah, the euphoria and relief when that full time whistle went was different. It must levels. have been mental. It must have been Because uh, after you sort of screamed it out of you and then you watch other players celebrate, you know, you, you tear up, you're just like, what's going on? And you, yeah. I don't know what's going on, like, we're in a European final. This Liverpool, my Liverpool that I grew up in the 90s, we don't do things like this. We don't get there. This is not what we do. We didn't know we were playing because AC Milan were playing PSV the next day, so we didn't even know we were going to play. It was just the, wow, we're there. Yeah, it was a Tuesday like, night. It was the first, yeah. it was the first second leg semi-final. So, yeah. it was what, you know, you just wanted to be in there. You didn't care who we were playing. Mm. And as it turns out, look, we know what happened after. But, I urge everyone go on liverpoolfc.net uh, lfchistory.net and check out this game and go to the bottom of the page and there's a section called uh, related articles click into that and you'll see all of the reporters the match day reporters who were at the game that day and they all give their um, their opinions on not just not the match Every single one of them to a man talks about the atmosphere, how Anfield was white hot, it was electric, it was reminiscent of Liverpool in the heydays of the 70s and 80s before they took, you know, while the cop was standing. And some of the journalists back then, the way they had a skill of writing with the with words, the, the words that they were able to put on paper were fantastic. And it's almost a lost art now with the advent of Twitter. But I'd urge every single person to go onto that website and read what was said by these journalists about Anfield and about the atmosphere that night. It was it sounded amazing. And the thing is, you're going you're going to Istanbul. We're still fighting to get into the top four. That's my only regret, you know. You know. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I was never gonna be able to get a ticket for Istanbul. I hadn't been to enough games, so I knew that. But that's the only thing if I could ever change one thing in my life would have been having the opportunity to go. Uh, Avo says, "Was it the loudest you've ever heard the crowd at Anfield?" I never, I, I never got tickets for the Barcelona game, the four 0 So I, for me, it's the greatest atmosphere I've ever been in Anfield. You know, I've seen some. I've been lucky to see some big wins at Anfield, beating City three 0 in the European Cup. You know, the Villarreal semi final. You know, I've, I've been to. I've been lucky. I've been to a few European quarterfinals, semi finals, big wins. You know, but that that atmosphere was different. It was just defiance. It was, I think, as much as I love, and I did love the run to Madrid, I loved the run to Kiev, and I'm, you may have talked about it, wax yeah, yeah. about it, it's the journey's brilliant. That's still my favourite. And I think, I always think your first, the first European, if you look at win a European Cup, I think you always remember the first one that you won. And it's just that bit special because it was so unexpected. Because to be honest, Kiev was unexpected. Similarly to Istanbul, slightly different. Whereas Madrid won, it wasn't quite. It felt a bit more expected because that side was ridiculously good that we had. You going, yeah, but yeah. we are as good as Barcelona. We are as good as Real Madrid. That's how good we were. Yeah, this side, we were better. It. We were better than Spurs. You know, there was, <laughs> yeah. it was, the there was an interview. Group. I read. I read a clip. Uh, I watched a clip of a video uh, recently, and it was about that. And it was literally along those lines. Look, we are better than. I think it might have been Trent. 
We're just better than them. You yeah. know, and that's not an arrogance. That was just a fact. Mm. Uh, going into we're, the 05 Champions League final and the we Kiev were, final, we, we weren't. You, to be honest, the 05 one, you weren't sure we were good enough to get out of the group. Let's be honest. We will look at the group yeah. going, oh, Olympia, I've got quite tough. Monaco are decent, you know. And you saw, but they weren't. But that's how that's the level we were at. I mean, let's be honest, we finished fifth, we finished behind Everton. Yeah. You know, that's where that's where we were. That's the that's the side Rafa inherited. Uh Leon saying uh, the Champions League semi-final versus Roma, uh, we were five and up. That yeah, I, I, listen, that was a great episode. I wasn't at that one, but yeah, you know, Red Steve, the man, you know, the Europa one against uh, United. I think the Europa one against Dortmund was also a big yeah. one. But for me, that's I've never yet been in a crowd like I say, where I thought that's the level of euphoria I felt. Um, probably the closest I've had to it recently, uh, I know people think I'm biased this, is probably when the women got promoted against Bristol. But again, for me... It's a different feeling. It's that not for the me, noise from the ground. It's just what it meant, what it means. Yeah, that one for me was different because it was... Um, I didn't see... The, the women won two women's Super Leagues, but I wasn't really following the women's team as close then. So this is me... First time with my daughter properly following them. So what that's the first time I've yeah. seen Liverpool women live when I've invested with a trophy. Yeah. So yeah. When you when di- you've been to every different, game as well as different. Yeah. Yeah. So different atmosphere, different feeling, but it's that sort of thing of like I don't think that semi-final will be matched. I'll be in, it'll be some semi-final if something can match that level of noise. That yeah. I think the Barcelona win is probably Better for yeah. different reasons, but I think the atmosphere. Bear in mind, it was rare enough that you'd have two English sides meeting in mm. the Champions League, let alone a Champions League semi-final. Yeah. Plus, it was on free-to-air TV, so the whole country ITV. was invested in it. Yeah, ITV. So um, yeah, it was that's... on ITV, so it wasn't a case that the um, more people see it. That's... You know, it was it was on pay-per-view or it was on sports channels, what have you. Champions League was on ITV. It was watch. It was one of the most watched games mm. in ITV in club football history on ITV. The whole country watched, and That's... the whole country was invested in it because mm. it was. It didn't matter who you followed, whether it was you could be following any club in England. It was red or blue that night, and it was the the mm. money that Chelsea were plowing into football at the time. Or Liverpool, you know, and it it just lit the whole country up, and the fact that yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great game; it was a torrid game. But the, the atmosphere, the, semi, the intensity, the, yeah, was the semi there. the semi final Anfield two years later is a better game, actually. Mm. The one uh, the one nil and it goes to the penalty shooter as a game. That's actually a better game. Or the quarter final yeah. against Arsenal, that's a better all English game. But that well, atmosphere, I just don't think you'll ma- I just don't think you'll match it. It's just. Different. And that's the one of the sad parts probably of the commerciality of football is the loss of European football on free to air TV. Because I must I used to love what you know most that's just the thing you talk about school, college, university. Oh, you watch the games tonight, you know. It's hard. Well, Touchwood, to we've still got that here for in Ireland, we still have that on free to air for Champions League, oh. Europa League, and uh conference league. With that's all team. yeah, that's mm-hmm. all on free to air on, on Irish TV, and it is well, We've Whether you're a casual fan or you're interested or you're right into it, those games that are broadcast like will that, always create an interest, what, you know? Yeah, so that's, it's important. That's, that's the buying of the free to TV. It's more for the casual fan of going, 
oh, it's a semi. I watch it. It's a semi final. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, people like I'm not going to buy BT. You know, that's yeah. what people what, are going to do with. Well, we said at the start of the show that we wanted you guys in the chat to let us know what two games you want us to talk about next week. But don't put them in the chat now. Put them in the chat when the show finishes. Or if you're watching this, uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify or when it, or watching it later on, hit the like button, please. Sub, please. <laughs> but comment after just after the show and just leave a comment there as to what games uh, you think are important to you, important to the club. You know, doesn't have to be iconic finals or iconic you know, results to, or massive scorelines yeah. or anything. It, we're trying, it's more... We're trying to avoid turn, finals, aren't we? That's one thing we're yeah, trying to avoid. It, it, it's more finals. games that turn seasons and more games that had defining moments for the club, you know. And you just, you know, stick them in there and see what you guys think, you know. And, and we'll go through it and we'll come up with two games out of that for next week. And look, at the end we'll, of the day, if it's something that you guys want to chat about, we'll chat about it. No bother. If not, we'll pick an own Kevin. Nobody else. No one tells yeah, us. <laughs> uh, Lazarite right, points out the West Ham game today was on free to air. I mean, that's one good thing BT have done is at least they put all the finals on YouTube. So at least people that's good. Yeah. can watch the finals for free. You know, yeah. You know, it's better than nothing, isn't it? You know, at least you don't, at least people don't miss out on watching a European final. They can watch it on the on the YouTube one. So at least that helps. So yeah, so enjoy that, Kev. I enjoy that, Kev. It's nice, it's nice reminiscent of the the good old days. Yeah, it'd be the good old days, and that's it. Look, they're still in the twenty first century, you know. But at the same time, they're—I think they were pivotal games for the club. You know, getting to Istanbul. Everyone knows about Istanbul. Everyone knows the hurdles that the club went through in Istanbul. But the road to Istanbul and that game in general, when you think about how good Chelsea were, and you also had it with Man City, where you, it was the beginning of the Klopp era, and Man City, yeah, they were on a downturn that year. But they were starting to build for Pep, hmm. so it was um, it was pivotal. Those two games, I think, were pivotal for the club for different reasons. So that's why we we started with these two. Yeah, it's mad saying that's eighteen years ago that 05 final, that 05 semi final, eighteen years Listen, ago. I, I was on, I was on, we were on the way back home from work today, and they do this is a radio station here, Classic Hits FM, and they do uh, pick the year every year, every day, and it's right around the time when Mrs. picks me up from work. And they were playing these songs, and one of them came on, it was Culture Club. And I just turned around and said, that's 1983. And it, it was, it was 1983. And then your man turns around, that was 40 years ago. I don't make it when I was born. I'm like, no, that's not 40 years ago. That's like, uh, yeah, that's that, that's that's only yeah, like 10, 15 years ago in my head. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hate it when that happens. I know it throws me out when you go like, oh, it's about 20 years ago. Yeah, it's like the 80s, isn't it? And you go, like, oh, no, that's that's actually not the 80s, is it? That's... Oh, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. <laughs> it's mental, isn't it? Oh, well, but... you may have realized, I've realized since doing this YouTube channel when we've been talking about games from, like, the late 90s and then you some of the chat going, oh, I was only two. And you're like, oh, God, yeah. That, that... You're going like, shit, that is... Actually, when you think about it, that is really... Like... When you talk about Titi Kamara, people go, what's Titi Kamara? Oh, Bjorn Tonkavama. There's there's one there's one with the kids to go and meet yeah. you. Bjorn Tonkavama. He's actually brilliant in the Legends games. He was bang average as a footballer. But as a legend, he's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, don't forget the charity sponsor. Uh, link is in the description. Golf Day is coming up. I think they still might need a couple of sponsors. So if anyone is interested in that, please get in touch with Gav on either through the social medias or at 
I think it's lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com if well you can help with sponsors or prizes or anything like that. Just reach out to Gavin. He'll be he'll walk you guys through anyone who's interested in helping out with that. That'd be great. Yeah, Kieran B saying here, some of my favourite Liverpool games were the fourth with the Newcastle four three games. Oh, I was two of them, wasn't there? Back in fact, there was two of them, yeah. Back to back, back to back seasons, yeah. Very different context though, because mm. I was actually the first the first one's actually a, probably the best game of the two. Mm-hmm. The second I remember the second one because Roy Evans tears a strip off the whole team because he's absolutely yeah. livid about how through the game boy. My, my lasting image of that game of that game was Keegan slumped over the advertising. Oh, the board. is that? Is that yeah, that? he's like, oh my god, I'm not do able. You, for do this you remember the big the big Adidas coats that had like the big stripes up like that? And the, I don't remember that one. They, they were great those Adidas kits back then. They were mad. The world's maddest goalie kits as well. <laughs> I like that from Tom Boland. As the song goes, Kev, much too was it. Uh, much too young for it to be this damn old. Absolutely, uh, my man. I tell you what, it's it's mental. But you know, Father Time catches up with everyone, but it's still got a long way to go to catch my ass. <laughs> well, we'll see. Cool. Uh, oh, Lazo, I've said I've said a sponsor Gav's way, so you should be at one closer. Excellent, Lazo. Excellent. Nice. Well done. Thank you, Lazo. You're a star, mate. But awesome. listen, on that note, uh Thanks to everyone in the chat. As usual, you guys are fantastic. Really appreciate it, all your comments and everything like that. Um, Chris, thanks a lot, man. I really enjoyed listening to that about 2004 or 5, the, especially that, that final. The atmosphere, I, love I, I reckon it would have been excellent. I honestly think it would have been one of the best. I, I could quite happily reminisce about that game anytime. <laughs> it's the best game I've ever been to, so I'm quite happy to talk about it when anyone asks me. Even, to be fair, even if they don't ask me, I'll still tell them. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. Uh, but listen, yeah, as Kev said, thanks everyone for uh, tuning in. So keep yeah. an eye on, keep keep an eye out for shows. So make sure you hit the bell icon, and I'm sure I've got a few more shows this week. And listen, me me and Kev will do this again next week, uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday. And so just let us know what games you want to do. If not, me and Kev will do a bit of research and we'll pick two other games. Because let's be honest, Kev, there's loads of boss games to pick for Liverpool, isn't there? Exactly. Exactly. Until then, take care. Night. Social Podcast Network.